What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome to the turf. That's right, the silver and black turf. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my partner in crime, Scott Winter, here on the Welcome to the Turf. That's right. Silver and black turf? Yeah, silver and black turf, man. Come on now, you know what it is. Silver and black turf, baby. We got to come with it, Raider Nation, you know. We had a good we had a good uh show last week here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network through SB Nation. And uh there were some people that were happy, there were some people that were mad, um, based upon what we talked about last week. So that was kinda interesting in itself. I mean, we got a lot to talk about too. Uh obviously the, the scouting combine was this week, so did GM Mike Mayock give Derek Carr a pat on the back or the kiss of death? Also, we're going to talk about what positions specifically need to be filled for this Raider team to kind of get back in the mix and try to at least make the playoffs. And also, do we finally know where the Raiders are going to play in 2019 before they make their their pilgrimage to Las Vegas? We'll get into that and more coming up here on the Silver and Black Turf. Now, I want to address one thing, Scott, before we get started. Because it's been interesting to me how people like to criticize something that they never even tried or listened to in our case or even checked out. And it was interesting. There was a couple of people, a few a few people I noticed on Twitter that said, well, I don't want to listen to it because of the pictures that were that were presented with the podcast. And the pictures that were presented with the podcast was a picture of Kyler Murray possibly in a, in a red uniform. And possibly Colin Kaepernick in a Raider uniform because we talked about possible scenarios if the Raiders, he were if the Raiders decided to move away from Derek Carr. And the fact that if Kyler Murray joined the Silver and Black, he would need to sit down for at least a season to pick up the offense, get used to the NFL inner workings and so forth. And so what better person to bridge that? Then possibly Colin Kaepernick, who has experience, who actually took the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl and was one power outage away from actually winning a Super Bowl. Now, what's interesting is, is that there were a couple of people. And let me let me say some of you. I know Raider Nation has a lot of fans, and I love Raider Nation fans. I, they're passionate. They're very smart. They're very intelligent. But these few morons here, I have to set the record straight. <laughs> Now, somebody had the audacity to say, why do we want Colin Kaepernick? He was 1 in 10. He was trash in 2016. Really? Apparently, some of you people don't read out there, or apparently you don't understand numbers, or you can't read numbers, or you can't read certain words. I don't understand what the, what the discrepancy is, but let me set the record straight. Let me clear some things up for you. In 2015, Colin Kaepernick had six touchdowns. Five interceptions. He had a QBR of 78.5. Now, mind you, in 2016, he had 16 touchdowns, four interceptions with a QBR of 90.7. Now, I'm no, I'm no, no genius or mathematician, but that tells me vast improvement. And he was more sought after after the 2015 season with those, those numbers that I just laid out to y'all than the 2016 season, even though his team was, was garbage. 
So you wouldn't want a guy who had those numbers the last time he touched the NFL field to, to actually be a bridge quarterback to what potential could be with the future. And that's the kind of, and that's, and that's, that's why you don't like Colin Kaepernick. I think it goes deeper than football, Scott. I think you don't like Colin Kaepernick because of what he stands for. I think you don't like Colin Kaepernick in a Raider uniform or any other uniform specifically because of who he is and what he represents. It has nothing to do with football because if it had anything to do with football, I just ran you off the numbers. It has nothing to do with football. It has everything to do with your personal beliefs. Well, you know what? You need to get out your feelings. Because if they had an opportunity, they got away from Derek Carr, as Scott and I discussed emphatically last week on this here program, you would have heard the fact that I said a bridge quarterback, meaning you only signed Colin Kaepernick for maybe a season, if that. And you mean to tell me the way the Raiders have been playing as of late? In the last two to three years. And even Scott pointed out that, hey, is Derek Carr this big time franchise quarterback based upon what he's been doing the last two years? I even defended Derek Carr and said because of his injury, it took two years to really come back. So let's see if they decide to keep him this year. Let's see what Derek Carr can do. But no, you don't want to listen to that. All you saw was Colin Kaepernick and your profound hatred for Colin Kaepernick, not as the football player, but as the man who stood up for something that you don't agree with he should stand up for. Well, hey, if you don't agree with what what Colin Kaepernick stands for, that's fine. But you got to be out of your damn mind and a moron at that to think that this guy could not help your team when he's better than about 10 to 15 other quarterbacks who are currently playing in this league right now. And if you're a Raider Nation and you're a Raider fan, you want to see the Raiders be successful, why not take a gamble on them if you had the opportunity to, which was the entire point of the conversation. But if you took time out and get and got your head out of your behind and actually took the time out to listen to what the points that Scott was making and the points that I made, you would have probably been saying, okay, you know what? Maybe I would think about Colin Kaepernick. Or you know what? I still won't think about Colin Kaepernick, but I'll listen to the show. That's all we're here for, folks. Food for thought. That's it. Well, my thing is, my and, thing and, is and, and and I didn't really get an opportunity really discuss Colin Kaepernick because I was, you know, dealing with the the the, the Murray, you know, aspect. Uh, you know, there there are going to be people who are going to line up and they're going to have an agenda, uh, and and it's going to get political. And, and unfortunately, with those people, you can't really have that discussion with it. But there are people out there. Who are going to say that if you had a choice between Kaepernick, David Carr, or Derek Carr? I can't believe I said Derek Carr. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Carr every single time. That's a drinking game. You got to drink, by the way. Um, so, I mean, to me, moving on from Derek Carr to have to go to a Kaepernick bridge uh, to try to train up a, a rookie quarterback, plus before there was the issue before. Everything got politicized with with Kaepernick. I mean, his own players were coming out against him, especially the receivers. I mean, Michael Crabtree was very vocal about what kind of quarterback Kaepernick was, and he was not happy with that. I mean, he he went out of his way to praise Derek Carr all the time, saying that's my quarterback, this, that, and the other. And even when he was let go last year, uh, Michael Crabtree never said boo about 
the kind of quarterback Derek Carr was, whereas he did say all kinds of boo and who and what about what kind of uh, quarterback and teammate Colin Kaepernick was. Now, of course, this was before this was not tainted or untainted or uh-huh. objectified by the political stance. This was done before that. So I believe, you know, you, you got a quarterback, and if you want to just look at it uh, traits-wise, he can't throw a, he can't throw an outside ball. He can't throw a, a, an out route. I mean, Arizona just ripped him to shreds every time he threw an out route. Pick six, pick six. He had he he could throw a ball deep, and he had mobility, and uh, you know those were a couple things. But when he when he was great, you know they had that fantastic running game, they had that fantastic defense. It was a whole team effort, and uh, yeah. you know I believe that you're gonna if you're gonna put those kind of weapons, you've got a better quarterback, better arm strength, not as mobile. Um, you know we, we can agree with that. But right. a better arm talent with with Derek Carr. That's my only thing. So I mean, I'm not going to get into the politics of it because right, I don't discuss necessary. the politics stuff in in, in I don't just about anything I do. I try to avoid that. I don't have an agenda. That's that's just me, you know, comparing uh, uh, apples to apples. And and that's what it is. I mean, also, and speaking of Crabtree, you got to consider the source because it's interesting how mo- majority of the teammates on that 49ers roster voted Kaepernick, basically the MVP of that team, voted by his own teammate. So. I don't, I, I take Crabtree's opinions with a grain of salt because if Derek Carr did something that Crabtree didn't want, Crabtree be talking crap about Derek Carr. Okay. So I, Crabtree is a dude. I don't trust a dude to get his chain snatched. Sorry. I just don't. So. <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't, I don't trust a dude that gets D-Bow for his chain. I'm, I'm I sorry. I don't, I, I don't respond to that. But anyway, let's get on to some Raider business, shall we? Yes, sir. The scouting combine is this week in Indianapolis, and of course the GMs get together. You have your coffee, you have your donuts and whatever, and your cigars, and you get a chance to hear from the general managers of various NFL teams. And uh, on Wednesday, we heard from general manager Mike Mayock and talking about Derek Carr. And what he said about Derek Carr was very interesting to me because he said, "Hey, this is a quarterback that we could that could be a franchise quarterback," and to me. It could be taken one of two ways. Either this was a pat on the back and saying, hey, Derek Carr, you're safe, or it sounds like a kiss of death to try to bloviate what he is and try to get somebody to bite on who he is to try to trade for him if if they're feeling like they need to trade. Now, as of right now, it doesn't seem that way, but again, with the Raiders, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, you never know. One minute he could be safe, next week he could be on a trading block. You never know. Um... So to me, if I am the guy that's saying, okay, Mike Mayock is coming out and saying this is this is a young quarterback who could be a franchise quarterback, it could be it could kind of sound like the kiss of death. Like, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna build you up and so we can sell you off. I mean, why come out well, and say anything about Derek Carr <laughs> other than why not say, hey, Derek Carr is our guy. He's going to be here. This is who we're going to believe in. This is who we're invested in and move on. He didn't say that. Scott, he didn't say that. Well, I don't think anybody is going to, I don't think any G, I don't think anybody in the Raiders is going to say anybody's safe anymore after what happened with, uh, with, uh, Khalil Mack and, and Amari Cooper. And, you know, everybody's asking him about it. It's like every question, everywhere they show up, everywhere Gruden shows up, everywhere Mack shows up. What about Derek Carr? And there's a, it's a, it's a lot of it is is fan 
being uh, there's certain a vocal minority of fans about uh, yeah, every poll that I see it's about about 15 percent so 15 percent of Raider Nation and this is based on wins and losses mm-hmm. um you know are looking for a change of quarterback and so they get vocal but then you get guys like the New York Giants they're, they're a lot of fans think that Derek Carr is their savior now. I'm not kidding you. And sports reporters oh, from you. New York are saying that. You know, and, and then, of course, you get the Jacks folks. Hey, I wish we would have taken Carr instead of Bortles. I mean, so you've, you've got a lot of people out there that are like they're, they're kind of eyeing it. And so it's not just one fan base that's asking about it. And so, he, you know, he's going to go out and say that. But then again, uh, you heard my fan. He says, he says, I think that uh, – I think that uh, – Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback, and I believe in him personally. I believe that, you know, uh, while you want to upgrade all positions at all times, I don't believe that there's anybody out there that we can upgrade him with. You know, it's not that I wouldn't upgrade the quarterback position if I had an opportunity, but there's just no one out there right now that I see as being that person to upgrade the position. That's a, that's a, that's a GM that has to look at it like that. You, you can't say, well, Given the record and given the situation of Derek Carr, and believe you me, I believe that Derek Carr, you know, could be this future, and I believe that this is going to be his make or break season. But you take a look at 2016 when he had all, when everything was working around around him pretty well, and with that bad defense, he still went, you know, 12 and three, you know, was was a Castro Clutch Player of the Year. But that's the one year out of four that he's had a winning record. So as a as a GM, you have to take that into accountability now. You heard what Mike Mayock said. Now let's hear what Steve Klein said of Arizona, and I'll just give you some context. Is Josh Rosen our quarterback? Yeah, he is right now for sure. I want you, uh, Nick. I want you to go go up to your baby. You know, uh, you you <laughs> your wonderful woman, and say, "Hey, baby, you might go. You know, you might go right now." And exactly. See what <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. If you're getting tired, you're getting tired of answering the same question, then give a definitive answer. If he is your quarterback, if Derek Carr is pound for pound your quarterback right now for this season, then say that. What the hell are you hesitating for? I guarantee you, you go to the Los Angeles Rams and you ask, you ask them, who's their quarterback? They're going to say who? Jared Goff. You go to the Los Angeles Chargers. They're go, you go, you go ask anybody in that organization who the quarterback is, they're going to say Phillip Rivers. You go to the New Orleans Saints and ask them who the quarterback is, they're going to say Drew Brees. You go to the New England Patriots, they're going to say, uh, Tom Brady, right? Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, regardless of what all the drama that's going on there. Ben Roethlisberger is still the, and matter of fact, the, the GM even said Ben has a right to criticize players as he sees fit. So that's a definitive answer to say this is where Ben Roethlisberger stands with our organization. How come Mike Mayock and John Gruden can't make a definitive line and say this is who we want for our quarterback? Because I don't think they want Derek Carr as their quarterback wholeheartedly. I think they like Derek Carr. I think they like what comes with Derek Carr. I don't think 100% definitively they are looking at Derek Carr as their quarterback. If they can upgrade real quick, they're going to upgrade. And that's fine. If you feel like you need to upgrade, fine. But don't don't try to game people up and act like we're all stupid. Stop it. 
Well, I just disagree with that. I mean, you know, all of the quarterbacks, but one that you named are all Super Bowl winners and, and have had, uh, consistency in head coaching, consistency in play calling other than Jared Goff, who, but you get my Super point. Bowl I get, no, I get your point to, you a, to point. a degree. I get your point to a degree. And, and the, the thing is, as a GM, you know, I think Mike Mayock was about as honest as he could be in that situation. And like I said, he didn't say what. Mm-hmm. Steve Klein said, is Josh Rosen our quarterback? Yeah, he is right now for sure. He didn't say that. And I can respect you can't tell that. you that. But I, I can I'm respect just saying that. that. The thing is, though, is is I believe that they want Derek Carr to be their future. I believe that's a, that's a statement of I want Derek Carr to be our future. He has all the tools. But then he also has bad habits from getting hit and sacked so much. And that the talent around him has been has fallen off. Uh, you know, from the offensive line to wide receivers, et cetera. And I believe, and just as what he has said more than once, I believe that to get a real evaluation on Derek Carr, you need to surround him with talent. And it's something that I've said all, uh, as well. If yes, you're you going to, you're going to build this position. You're going to, you, if, if you were going to make a change at quarterback in 2020, 2021, you still got to build the team around. You still have to have offensive line. You still have to have a playmakers at wide receiver. You still have to have some defense out there. So, you know, you're, you, regardless, you can say what you want to say about Derek Carr. You can say that, yeah, you know, he's, I believe he's a franchise quarterback. You know, I, I believe in him. But what you're really saying is, look, you got to prove it to us. We're going to build this team and we're going to give you the tools. But if you fail, then we're going to move on. And, and and that's a fair question. I mean, that's a fair fair philosophy. I have I have defended Derek Carr on this show, as you well know, mm-hmm. and anybody that's ever listened to this program, I have defended Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I've said the reason why he struggled in the last two years because he was not one hundred percent healthy. He I feel like he came back a little too soon off that injury, and it takes time to come back fully off an injury of that magnitude that Derek Carr suffered, right? I'm saying this is his year. I think Derek Carr is going to have a good year if they keep him in the fold. But to your point, sir, they have to fix the offensive line. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of, they have a lot of issues that they have to resolve outside of Derek Carr because you can't put all this pressure on Derek Carr and say, hey, go ahead and give us and, and, and do us justice and go ahead and try to win the, the AFC West and you don't have the pieces that you need to compete week in and week out against better upper echelon teams. It's not going to work like that. And so what I'm saying is this is where the draft comes in because if you, I think they should keep Derek Carr. Personally, I think they should keep Derek Carr. I think they should see what happens for this season if it doesn't pop off this season, after you've given him all the, the tools that's needed for success, and he still doesn't get it done from the quarterback position, meaning he can't get the ball off, he's throwing interceptions, he's overthrowing his receivers, he's overthrowing Jared Cook, this, that, and the third. Okay, fine. Now you've, you've given him a, a, a legit opportunity to say, okay, you know what? We've given you all we can. This is not going any further. Let's move forward. But I think in the back of John Gruden's mind, he's not fully convinced that Derek Carr is truly their guy moving forward. And I think that he's going to try to backdoor it by trying to draft a quarterback like a Kyler Murray to sit down for a season 
even if they do keep Derek Carr, they're gonna still. I think in the back of his mind, he's like he's not he's not he's not sure about Derek Carr because if he was absolutely sure, using your example, you got your girl, you telling her, "Hey, baby, you my girl for now." Instead of saying, "Hey, baby, you my girl, you about to be my wife in a minute," that's a different scenario. And that's all I'm saying with this situation is that you've got to be absolutely sure because this is your is this your quarterback or is it not? Plain and simple. The name the teams that I named previously, they all know who their quarterbacks are going into next season. Do the Raiders know who their quarterback is going into next season? I tend to lean on the side of they're not absolutely sure about Derek Carr, which is a damn shame. Because they should be. I don't think next season is the issue. I think it to be the following season. I think this season coming up, the Raiders are Raiders are pretty pat at, at quarterback. They've got they're going to have Derek Carr. They've got AJ McCarron under contract. Uh, they signed Nathan Peterman, you know, to their practice squad. Oh, so I'm telling you, I, well, they you know, John Gruden. John Gruden, oh, you know, God. that was last they month. John Gruden likes a kid. I know the guy throwed more interceptions oh, and completions God. for Buffalo. I, I was get at it. a game when a dude set a record for most interceptions at the half. <laughs> I'm just at the half. This that, ain't even we didn't the, finish the game. He's on. He is on the team. He's on the Raiders. Yeah. So what I'm saying Based is, on a roster spot. It, okay. He's he's he's. Well, I mean, it, it, it's more like a. Is it kind of like what what you know the Raiders you know uh, brought in Hackenberger last year? Remember they the and yes, I, mean, I he remember. Was, he yes, was yes. he's fired last week from the AAF. Yes. So I mean you know yes. because because John Gruden had him at his camp just like he had Peterman at his camp and he wants to see if there's still something there. Um, and when you're dealing with the quarterback position, there's nothing wrong with taking and evaluating people. I mean look at what they did um, with that cat that went to uh, 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 Washington. I mean, you know, and, and, and finish the season with them. I mean, if the Raiders hadn't taken a flyer on him because John Gruden knew him back when he was with Tampa and brought him in, then, you know, and then told his brother, hey, look, we had to let him go because we had to do this, this, and this. But I'll tell you what, he knows our system. He, he'll, 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 you know, he'll come in and help you save some games. And look what he did. He, I mean, the, the, the man hadn't been a starter in, you know, a hundred years basically, but he goes in and, and he at least saves face for, 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 for Washington. Um, you know, and, and brought in a guy who could win some games. Hey, you know, that, that, that happened. So, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a quarterback position, you really have to kind of thoroughly look at it. Um, the way Bill Belichick looks at it, I mean, you know, he brings up Matt Kessler, brings up, you know, Garoppolo brings up, uh, you know, these guys and, you know, they get shots other places, you know, because, you know, Bel, Bel, you know, the, 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 the pick Belichick's brain and whatnot, but you made a great segue into our next session here. Hey, Scott, uh, you're going in and out, man. The offensive line. The next session is the offensive line. And uh, we had some word uh, passing around, some rumors being spread around by NFL draft bites. Uh, and something that I've been talking about on Twitter. Can you hear me? We good? Yeah, we're good. Hello. Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. We're good. Um, so we've got uh, Kelechi Assembly Room. All right. Now, Kelechi Assembly, we're talking about this offensive line. Kelechi Assembly's last two years, 
with the Raiders have not been his best. In fact, they've been his worst, and it's been going downhill like a ski slope, uh, according to PFF. So you got a guy that's getting paid top guard money. He's almost he's getting paid more than most left tackles, and he's underperforming. And this Raiders regime likes to take people who are underperforming and do one of two things with them. They want to take a pay cut or, or they mm-hmm. want to move on from them. If they, you know, and, and it's just, that's just the way, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, Amari Cooper, you know, he was going to ask for, you know, humongous money next year. And you're going to see Dallas sweat that money. But the Raiders, they weren't going to have it. They felt like he was underperforming for the amount of money that he's going to be asking. We're going to get something for him. So they dealt it. Khalil Mack, whether you agree with it or not, hit, you know, the moon when it came to how much he's going to get paid. Now, I'm not saying that he is not the best player, that, you know, on the defense in the NFL, but we're talking $141 million. Okay, fine. We're going to get some for him. We can't pay him that. We feel he's not that valuable, not at, you know, stratosphere money. Well, let you assimilate is in this situation as well. He's getting paid top guard money, but he's not performing at top guard level. And that That's whole line right. was the most most paid in the NFL and was one of the worst. So you've got a guy like Good who played well in reserve after Mongo went down. That's Feliciano for you guys extremely don't well. know who Mongo is. And Mongo played well. Mongo's getting ready to be a free agent. So you got an opportunity. You got no cap money on Kalechi Simile. You're going to the combine. You're talking to other GMs. You might be looking to see what his value is. Going to trade him for a pick. Sure. Going to trade him for a player. True. Sure. Rumor is that they're talking to Minnesota about a straight up trade or something, something with with uh, uh, Trey Wayne. Now I'm not saying that that, that good, bad, or indifferent because it's just a rumor. You know, but NFL NFL draft bites have been pretty good about about this stuff, and I know that this has been a topic with when it comes to Raiders. Checking it out now, Trey Wayne, he was a first round pick and, and uh, by Minnesota, he's on a, being on his fifth year option at nine million and change, uh, and is a corner. Well, that addresses the need for the Raiders to pick up a corner to be opposite Gary and Conley. You know, because you know you got Worley and you got Nick Nelson. Worley, could, you know, they're going to have him on a R uh, restricted, and and Nelson's under contract. But neither one of them they they flashed, but they didn't show lockdown. You know, opposite lockdown, which is what the Raiders are kind of looking for. They feel like maybe Trey Wayne's is going to be that guy in the Gunther system. That might be a trade, and then now you're you you've basically taken even though it's the same kind of money, it's not same kind of money for the position. Nine million for a corner is definitely middle of the road as opposed to $10 million for a guard, which is absolutely top echelon. So yeah, I could see them moving something like that. I'm not saying they will, but the fact that they're talking about it only goes to the point that they're going to address this line. No, they have to. They absolutely have to. I mean, you can't, again, going back to the earlier point, you can't put uh, high expectations on Derek Carr if he has nobody to, to block and protect for him. You got to look at the the guard position. You look at the left tackle position. You look at that. You know, look at the entire O line. I mean, it needs work. It needs to be. It needs to be retrofitted. If that's the apropos word uh, concerning this this offensive line in Derek Carr. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I I can see some moves being being made with that because they understand that. Hey, man, this is it. Like you got to start. You got to start on the uh, to excelling and not on the decline, because the last couple of years have been not been favorable for the Oakland Raiders. And the Oakland Raider fans are not going to stand for a consistent losing season. You can't all of a sudden 
come up and say, oh, okay, we're, we're actually ascending. And all of a sudden now you, you fall flat on your face for two straight years. That's not going to work. I mean, last season they were what, four and 12. That's not going to work, especially mm-hmm. if you're moving to a new market with a brand new state of the art billion dollar plus stadium. That's not going to work. So you got to come in there winning or at least have some potential of winning. Either they finish this season at nine and seven or 10 and six. At least that's a start to say, okay, hey, we got, we got a few, we're a few pieces away or what have you, and you can sell it. You can't sell four and 12 or five and 11. That's not going to fly, no. especially in no. Vegas. That ain't going to fly. Um, and you made an excellent point. I mean, I think the O-line does need work. And the thing I looked at, and I know we're closer, we're, we're, we're inching closer to the NFL draft, but right now, obviously, it's the, the scouting combine. And one guy I looked at, I know the Raiders have the number four pick, um, unless they trade down or, or trade up. Um, I looked at a guy named Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. Now, the, the one thing I like about Gary is the fact he's very athletic. Um, the guy is a beast of the defensive line. He's a top five, but to me, he's a top five guy at that position. But the one thing that stood out to me that the Raiders, at the eye caution and the Raiders may caution is that he's been, he's been dealing with injury issues in the last two years at Michigan. Um, and that's pretty much held him back from his potential, what we can potentially see out of a, a talented guy like Gary. Um, and so, uh, but it wouldn't be a bad pickup if they end up drafting him. Um, from that lineup because, I mean, from that, that draft class because, I mean, I think he's, he's a guy that can fit into their system. I think he's a guy that can help them on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, to me, you know who I'm going for, for them to, for them to get. You already know. There's yeah. two guys. There's two guys I hope they go for. One of them is Nick Bosa. The other one is Quinnen Williams. They get one of those two guys. Hey, make room. Those are guys you make room for. I don't give a care what you have to do. You make room for them and you adjust accordingly. Now, I know they have the, the 24th pick and then they have the 27th pick, right? If I'm not mistaken. Correct. So we all talk and about. And the 35th pick. Yeah. And the 35th. But as far as the first round, yeah. it's, 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 it's 24. First round, yep. yep. Well, I looked at it at 24. And I think this guy's going to be probably the still of the draft. Is my guy, Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. This kid can run. He can, he can catch out the backfield if necessary. The guy has amazing speed, has excellent field vision. I think this is a guy, if you're trying to build a team, especially you know you don't need a running back, this is a kid that you could actually start a franchise with. I think he's going to be the still of the draft. I've watched him the last couple years at Alabama. He's been absolutely fantastic. And I think he can add to that to, to to take some pressure off of Derek Carr after they finish the O-line, of course, guys. I'm not ignoring the O-line. But I think this is a kid that can actually help take some pressure off of Derek Carr and kind of make his job a tad bit easier with the running game. Well, I look at I, I looked at, you know, JJ there from Alabama, and I tell you what, who he reminds me of, and and you know, I'm not the greatest talent evaluator. Uh, for when it comes to college, you know, I, I, I look at prospects. I, I lean on folks, you know, who, who know their business. 
But who he reminds me of, uh, you know, when I say at a glance, I've looked at it more than a glance, but is an Alvin Kamara. And you take a look at what yes. Alvin Kamara yes. did, Perfect. what Alvin Kamara did for, for New Orleans. Now they, they got a steal because they got Alvin Kamara in the third because he hadn't been used a lot. Just like JJ hasn't been used in Alabama, but Alabama, right. unfortunately, is a spotlight place why they're he's loaded. picked higher. Yeah, yeah. And they're a spotlight team. You know, everybody watches them and not everybody watches the ball. You know, I'm, I, I live two hours from, 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 you know, from Knoxville and not everybody watches the Vols. So, um, <laughs> it, even though they're SEC, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Peyton Manning went there and all that, but you know, they ain't been the same since Lane Kiffin, you know, been there. Uh, right. what I'm saying though is, is that you take a look at what you take a look at Drew Brees and people questioned, you know, is he done and this, that, and the other, when, when New Orleans was going four and 12 and, yeah. and, 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 and seven and nine and whatnot. Then all of a sudden, you bring in Lattimore, you bring in Alvin Kamara, and then boom. And Michael boom. Thomas. The same team, and a Michael Thomas, right? No, I got to mm-hmm. that out there, too. But, you know, the one thing that they've always had is receiving weapons. I mean, all the way back to Colston. I mean, they've had weapons. You oh, know, and they got Colston almost. Yo, oh, I love man. watching And Marquise he was like, catch that ball, man. Uh, right. But they looked the Camara is a better Reggie Bush than Reggie Bush was when they brought him to that team the more, and made the, the Super North Bowl South runner. Mm-hmm. He is. That's and true. he's a, you know, he, he has more moves. I mean, Reggie, yes. you know, don't get me wrong. Reggie's fantastic. But he mm-hmm. was, he was, he was just, a, he was a, he was a rich man's Reggie Bush. You know, people say poor man. No, he's a rich man. No, yeah, JJ could be that guy. Now I'm not saying that the Raiders draft him. And I'm not saying that that he would be that guy. It's just what he reminds of me of. Um, of you, you know, I, I, and imagine if you bring that kind of uh, bring that kind of person to the table. Um, you know, you have that kind of weapon because Kamara can line up outside. Kamara can go halfback. Kamara can be in the back, and you know he could take it down off. You still have Ingram. They have the Ingram, and exactly. they have that opportunity and, to hit you with thunder and lightning. Uh, and you know, this is and this is this yeah. is why I said this would be the still of the draft because yeah. if they can get a yeah. guy like this, and here's a, I add the icing on the cake. What if the Raiders seriously looked at Le'Veon Bell? You talked about Mark Ooh, Ingram that's behind, though. but will it be will he be will he be worth the price of admission? Because here's the thing: you talked about Alvin Kamara and then having <laughs> a guy like Mark Ingram behind him. I look at this and saying, okay, if you have a JJ and you have a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Right, because JJ doesn't have to be your number one guy. JJ can right. be that. JJ can be that guy if they spread him out. He can be that other guy, right? But if you got a, a guy like Le'Veon Bell, think about this. He's got. A, he spent a year off, so he's got. A, he's got a year. He's got a year of shelf life, a year longer of shelf life, right? He hasn't been hit. Obviously, it's gonna take him a little a, a while to get back into football shape. But I know he's been working out in the in the interim. He's been working out. He's been you know watching film and so forth. Because this guy is a this guy is is is, is a, a, a workhorse. Um, he has a solid attitude, but he's he's a smart dude. And the thing about it is, he's not gonna let anybody play him less than what he's valued. And so, if I'm the Oakland Raiders, I at least take a look at Le'Veon Bell. And not to say that Le'Veon would want to sign with my organization, but you right. at least have to look at Le'Veon Bell. If you end up drafting a guy like JJ, because if you're trying to build this offensive juggernaut that you're envisioning, if you're John Gruden, you're going to have to have pieces to put that together. The same way New Orleans did down there with, with Drew Brees. 
and gave Drew Brees some help because Drew Brees had to, they had to fix that old line as well. And Drew Brees needed help as well. Maybe not so much at the wide receiver core, but in the running game. So if I'm John Gruden, I have to look at, I at least have to look at Le'Veon Bell. And I know, I think, and I know that, 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 uh, Gruden does like Le'Veon as far as he likes him as a runner. Um, I don't know to what extent as far as now he's the head coach and wanting to bring him on his squad, but I know he, he respects Le'Veon's running ability. We all talked about um, the offensive presence as far as who else does Derek Carr, who is his favorite target. Well, we all know his favorite target is Jerry Cook. Now, Jerry Cook is obviously the fourth best tight end in the NFL. He finished last year with 896 yards. He averaged about 13.2 yards per catch and has six TDs. But he's a big target. And in this league, that's what you're going to need because he was such an offensive threat against opposing defense, especially the corners and the safeties, man. It took at least – sometimes it would take two safeties to bring that dude – or two corners to bring that dude down because they couldn't get him down because he was such a big dude. Kind of reminds me of a faster, better-in-shape Antonio Gates. Um, he, he he just wasn't as clutch as Antonio Gates. That's the only – that's the only this issue. This is true. That's this the only true. issue with Cook. He is he, – I mean – he can beat your slot guy. He can beat your linebacker, and he can beat your safety. I mean, he could get open. The way I look at it, I look at a lot of all 22, and he was open most of the time, you know, on his routes at at, at, at a certain point in his route. Sometimes Cardo, you know, had moved on. I don't. I get mm-hmm. that. You hit your first read. He ain't open. You move into second. But you know, Absolutely. later in that route, he's open. And um, but there was a there was there was a few times, and I say about half a dozen times where. He wasn't clutch when he needed to be clutch. He's, you know, and, and there, that's his only downside. That and he can't block. <laughs> you know, as far oh, yeah, as, you he know, can't tight block ends like go. He not, Gates can absolutely block. Gates can, Gates can block. And Gronk yeah. can block. And you're Gronk talking about paying. Absolutely. You're Gronk talking about block. paying. You're, but, but what he's looking at, he's looking at wanting to want $9 million. Now, Mike Mayock and John Gruden are like, now, <laughs> again, we're going to get back to telling your girl this, you know. We want you, baby, baby. I want you. I want baby, you. But you know what? You know what? I'm gonna let you play the field for a little bit and 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 see if uh, you know, see if I you come back. I think they could talk Jared Cook down to seven and a half. I think if they could talk uh-huh. Jared Cook down to seven and a half, I think he would. You do it. I think absolutely he would because here's another kid I looked at too that could be beneficial to the Raiders as far as an offensively, and that's uh Riley Ridley out of Georgia. That's a kid mm-hmm. who I like. He's speedy. Very assertive. Um, got a chance to watch him uh, play last season. And that's a kid that can be scary. Give him a couple years in the right system, that kid can be scary. And mm-hmm. if you're trying to build this juggernaut and build this team moving into the 702, you got to come with some potential. You got to have some weapons. You got to have that same enthusiasm when the Raiders finished 12 and 4 that year. Where everybody was like, damn, man, maybe the Raiders could make the AFC championship. Yeah. You know, before, obviously, unfortunately, before Derek Carr got injured, but I'm saying that, that, that type of enthusiasm, that type of momentum that you carried, where you put the whole league on notice and saying, Hey, man, this team is serious now. Like Derek Carr, he ain't just a run of the mill quarterback out of a small school. This is a guy right. that can actually play the quarterback position and play it pretty well. This is a guy that could take a team. And put the whole league on notice. We're coming. 
So if you want to get that type of enthusiasm and momentum back, I would look at this kid seriously at the wide receiver position. Because you can't lose. I mean, what do you have to lose? Well, you know, I mean, Ridley's Ridley, you know, he shows up, he looks good on tape, and and I can't argue that point with you. I I do have somebody else I've been looking at a little bit and leaning to, and and there's a couple reasons because he looks really good on tape, but he also is a legacy-type player, uh, Mm. and that's Metcalf. Uh, Metcalf just, you know, I mean, you know, he's, he's, He's related to to Eric Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, his, his, his dad played, his grandfather played, his uncle played. You I mean, <laughs> you, you you talk about you that. Playing and, and, and that's, Scott, you playing the yeah, name game, Scott? You playing the name game? I'm playing the name game, and the reason is, is I mean, yeah, I, I get every once in a while you're going to get a Marinovich, you know. I mean, you know, who, who yeah. is a legacy that that, that wasn't supposed to be, okay? But it, instead, though, you get a lot of legacy players, even if they're from different sports. Mahomes is a legacy player. You know, his dad played professional ball with, with the Mets. Well, he was a you good know, player, too. It, he was a really what that good tells player. you, right, absolutely. But what, what it catch. tells you is, is the game ain't too big for them. They know, at least they know. Now, I'm not saying that they can go out and act it, but they have a leg up on other people because they know the game. They know it from the inside out. They know the business side. They know what the expectations are of the game. Nobody's going to be well, able to say that they didn't know. You know, they knew. I mean, you could say, you know, to you know, uh, Jamarcus Russell didn't know anything about football, oh, and he got up here, and then you know, fat, but you see what I'm saying? Russell, please don't miss. Uh, you know, uh, I know, but what I'm saying is, uh, we apologize for the nation for bringing up blasphemy. We apologize. <laughs> the fattest Russell would never but, be mentioned on these airwaves. <laughs> the point that is made, and that is an extreme point, uh, you know, is that. Some of these people, they have all the talent in the world, and then they get to the level, and and they fall apart because they, the bit. expectations are just. Yeah, they can't. I mean, because the expectations of college are not the same as the expectations in the NFL. It is a whole different level. Uh, you know, I remember you take a look at that. You know, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, and uh, but he had that winner attitude. And they, you know, I saw a whole special on it. Well, the Forty ers they drafted this guy Graziani or something like that, and he looked all the part and everything like that. And I remember. Yeah. Seeing, hearing Bill Walsh say, yeah, but that first time that he had real pressure from the NFL in a preseason game, he was a deer caught in the headlights, and I knew right then he, he wasn't going to make that it. That dude folded like a lawn. He's been a fourth-rounder. He just folded, and it was it. He just, it, you know, he looked like that kid from, if you ever saw the scout with, with Brendan Frazier. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> the first game he's in, and he just <laughs> melts and runs, gone. You know, and, and you know, the, the legacy players don't have that. They know the expectation, and I, I, I think the kid also has amazing skills. He gets by him, and he is absolute deep threat. He, he catches the ball. He's pretty, pretty pass catching process. You know, he can go over the middle, and and he's a big target. I mean, I could see that guy, that kid going in. The, I would like to say that the Raiders could could manufacture a late second round pick, pick him up because I don't think he'll be there in the third. He might be, but I think I think he's a. He could be if he if you think he's going to make it the third. You don't need to because sixty six is your right. third round pick, you know. And that would be a great place to pick the kid up, in my opinion, from what I've seen uh, and what I've heard. You know, uh, people who who I trust as far as their talent judging. You know, so it's not just me. You know, at a glance, but uh, they said you know the kid's got some kids. Kid's got some uh, game, and like I said, he's a legacy player. 
So um, speaking of legacy, where will the Raiders play in 2019? Do we finally have an official word of where the Raiders are going to play in 2019? Not official, no. <laughs> we have any indication of where the hell they're going to play. Can we get, we get, can we get the parking lot? I mean, anywhere. Good Lord. I mean, I saw a report uh, where it said, I think it was Ian Rappaport that reported that yeah. the two sides from the, the, I think it was the Coliseum Authority or whatever it's called. Yeah, JP, uh, JPA, yeah, uh-huh. And the Raiders have agreed, I guess, in principle or agreed in, in uh, verbally to uh, play the 2019 season uh, there at the Coliseum in Oakland. If that remains to be true, thank God that saga has been has been that mystery, I should say, has been solved and we can move on with our lives. Yeah, but it's the Raiders, so you can't yet because it's not official. Oh. And uh <laughs> and and you know it, it's it's like you know uh, the situation. I, I always I always I remember 2016, and and that's a problem in my head. You know, just to say, oh yeah, it's a done deal. Yeah, they just have to cross the T's, dots the I's. I mean, they're haggling over over bits. And according to Scott, Mc, you know, uh, 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 McKibben, that they wouldn't have gotten this far if they weren't going to get married. I get that, but. <laughs> It's not signed, and it hasn't been ratified by the JPA, and then it hasn't been ratified, of course, by Oakland and Alameda. And in 2016, they had this big press conference. You can go on YouTube, look at it. It's February 11th, uh, January, February 11th, 2016, where, you know, Mark Davis and, you know, Larry Reed are up there, you know, praising they signing this, and Scott Haggerty of the of, of the uh, county, you know, the senior county commissioner, he's out there, and, yay, the Raiders are going to stay. And then it was vetoed by the city and county and they had to go back and do all that over again it was Whoa. like i i i can it to like lucy pulling the football away from charlie brown <laughs> uh, so, damn it they're gonna play uh, at the coliseum i i look for I them so. playing at the coliseum I hope so and speaking of I signing it, I, 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 we, we need to, yeah we gotta sign off man it's about that time man so any final thoughts before we get on out of here I can't wait to talk about free agents next week because I'm telling you, uh, you know, it's it, it we we're we're in the short hairs of those things. Uh, free agency is less than two weeks away. Oh yeah, absolutely, man! I can't wait, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Silver and Black Turf. That's right, the uh, the turf where all Raider Nation is welcome. Raider Nation, stand up! You got a show that's dedicated towards you. I've been called a Raider hater. I know I made it. And your Raider insider, Scott Winter, is going to definitely make sure he gives you all the updates, all the insight of what's going on here in Raider Nation. So make sure you make you tune in every week here on the Silver and Black Pride podcast on SB Nation. For Scott Winter, I am Nick Hamilton. Until next week, take it easy. We're out.